You're about to hear the Sunday Sermon from the Grapevine Church of Christ in Grapevine, Texas, a family who's devoted to giving our lives to and living our lives for Jesus Christ. If you have any questions about today's lesson, visit us on our website, www.grapevinechurch.com. Thanks for listening. Well, I'm going to start off with a story. Derek and his family were tired, very tired. His older sister Amy had been killed by a drunk driver a few years earlier. The burden for Derek and his family was enormous, as you can only imagine. It stayed with this boy who grew up into a man. It stayed with him. It, it was something he woke up with. It was something he went to school with. He carried it to work with him. He carried it to bed with him, only to begin each day with this enormous weight on his shoulders. He tried to move on. In some ways, he had. But you see, the weight that Derek carried had a name. The name was Joe. Joe was the man who killed Derek's sister. Derek and his family had come to a point where they were exhausted, spiritually, emotionally, physically. He had every right to feel the way he felt. And alongside his anger... Alongside his disappointment and hurt, disappointment in others and in God, was this smiling face memory that he had of his sister driving off to the Clint Black concert. The last time he saw her, he looked up to her. They were close. They were friends. She was his confidant. She was his protector. Each image, each time it came into his head, it gave way to anger and hurt. And each image opening up another image of Joe being sentenced to the maximum possible sentence. He held on to each of these images, and they began to weigh him down. But to move on for him, to find rest for Derek, would mean letting some things go. My question to you as we begin is, what are you holding on to? Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The word of the Lord. You may be seated. Thank you. Come to me, Jesus says. Come to me if you're tired, if you're weighed down. Come, there's rest. And honestly, he knows we need it, doesn't he? The world is demanding, very demanding. That's what we've been talking about for the last four weeks. And God knows that the world does not let up. Because our sin, so long ago in the garden, whenever we wanted more, remember God said, this is all yours, just not that. We weren't satisfied, were we? We wanted more. We wanted more things. We wanted more knowledge, more wisdom. We wanted more status. We were not uh, satisfied with that level of importance. We wanted more importance. We weren't satisfied with being the children of God. We wanted to be God. And we still struggle with that today, don't we? Ever since, it's a struggle that we will never achieve, ever. And the struggle is still, we still do it. And you know what? It is tiring. Of course, living a way down life was never meant to be the journey we were supposed to be on. 
God had a different journey planned for his children. So today, I want to remind you of the journey that God has called you to. I want to remind you of what this life is that God has called us to live. So turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to be in Ephesians today, and a little bit in 2 Corinthians 5, so you can put your places in both. <clears throat> Let's go ahead and read in verse 1. Ephesians chapter 4 says this, As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. So live a life worthy of the calling that we've received. Did you know that God has called us into a particular way of life? It's not a career. This is deeper than that. He's called us into a particular way of living. So, so this says, live a life worthy of the calling you've received. Now, don't think of this as living up to something. Don't live up to the life that God has called us to. I want you to rather think of something a little, think of it a little differently. Think of this as leaning or living into a life that God has already called us to, that God has created for us. Now, when you see this by itself, this seems like a daunting task, doesn't it? Living a life that's worthy. It is. But God has called us into this life. And you know what's great? We talked about it in my class this morning. He's already created this for us. He's created us to live a life. He's created a life for us to live already. So Paul says this in a few uh, pages earlier in chapter 2. He says, we were created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. So think of it this way. We were created to live into this life that God has prepared. Not living up to it. Living up to it means that it's something to be achieved as if, you know, it's all on us. You know, it's, uh, th that's another weight we couldn't bear, really. This life that we are talking about is a life to be realized. It's already there. God's created us for it. He's created this life for us, good works for us to do. It's something we need to, to live into, really lean into almost. But Paul, he gives us this little small snapshot, just a really small one, of what this life actually looks like. It's in verse 2 and 3 of chapter 4. It says, this, it says be completely humble uh, and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Uh, this is patience, humility, um, love, unity, peace. Could we live into that? It's not just self-help I'm talking about. The life that we need to lean into, live into, is a larger one. It's a mission and a ministry straight from the Creator Himself. So uh, the Corinthians were having a difficult time living into this life. There was a lot of issues. If you've read Corinthians, um, you just know there's a lot of problems with this church because they were trying to work it out. They weren't quite sure what he was talking about. <clears throat> but they continued to, um, to live with these weights on their shoulders, you know, they were hanging on to this life that they used to have, this former life. And, and, and because they were hanging on to these things that they used to do, the things and the ways that they used to be, it started breaking up their little church. This, this, this beautiful church, when it started, started fracturing and cracking. 
But Paul, he reaffirms their mission and, he, and their ministry. And he says, listen, you guys were called to something more. So look in chapter 5. Let's start in verse 17. This is what he says. He says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. I love that passage. Man, it's rich. Christ's ambassadors? Like God's making his appeal through us? Wow, that seems like that's overwhelming, doesn't it? But here's something encouraging. If you're in Christ, you are brand new. You're new. A new creation. And God has called you into a new life. And because of Jesus, you can live and lean into this life. And God will do the work through you. The key, according to Paul, is reconciliation. Now, reconciliation is a loaded word. It's not restoration. Don't confuse it with restoration. Restoration is, you know, taking something and making it look like it originally did. So you, you restore a car or you restore furniture. You know, make it look like it was when it was first designed. Well, this is something deeper than that. It's something um, better. This is taking two broken pieces and making them new, whole again, but not just whole, better, stronger. Something um, that wasn't before is now whole together. It's not back to the way it used to be. It's new, stronger creation. This is what our calling is. This is what God's done for us, and this is what our calling is, is to offer reconciliation to the world. I mean, God reconciled us, didn't he? He took our broken pieces and he's made them stronger and whole. And then he has given us the ability through Jesus Christ to offer this same type of reconciliation to the world, to help others take their broken lives and make them whole again. I mean, we see it, don't we? We know those people in our lives who have broken. They're broken. There's broken pieces. It's like they went in, it's like someone came into their life and just, you know, took a bat to everything fragile. And here they are. They have no idea where to start. There's so many things broken. They don't know where to go. God said, hey, y'all can do this. Y'all can help them. This is the life that you've called to live. He's given us that ability through Jesus Christ to offer the same reconciliation we've received to the world. And God's making his appeal to the world through us. I mean, there's something that is so amazing about that because alone it's impossible but with God through Jesus Christ anything is possible could you do that could you lean into this life are you ready to do that 
It's going to take our full attention if we are. We'll need to be ready to move at a moment's notice. There's a person that we need to talk to. We'll need to be ready. We need to talk to that person. We need to love this person. We need to accept. We need to lend. We need to be okay at a moment's notice. We need to be ready to lean into this life. Of course, you see the problem, don't you? How can you lean into a life when you're weighed down? By the way, that's a real backpack. I don't quite understand the context of this. I've really stared at it a while, and I looked around. I don't understand. Justin, could y'all have done this at Compass in Colorado without on your back? The 12 to 15 miles you hiked up the mountain? Even just in a level ground, that would be difficult. Imagine trying to lean into something with this type of thing on your back. If we're weighed down with things, things that we're not quite ready to let go of, how in the world could we keep our balance? No wonder we fall. No wonder we fall so hard and so often. I was a camp counselor a while back, back when I was 20-something, and I remember I was riding a bike from my dorm, wherever I was staying, to the car. And I just didn't like to take more than one trip. And so I remember I had a bunch of things in my left hand and a bunch of things in my right hand. And I was riding in on you know uneven ground. And I hit a rock and I went flying and had stitches and concussion and all that. And it was just funny because... You know, my gracious friends came up to me and they said, I'm not, are you okay? Are you okay? They said, why were you holding on to so much stuff? And I'm on the ground, you know, looking up at them. And I think sometimes we fall because we are trying to have it all and hold on to everything. If I'm already burdened down, my only concern is staying upright, isn't it? There's no leaning when I'm carrying so much. In fact, there's very little movement, period. If you're holding on to so much and the weight of the world is weighing you down, there's very little movement, period. I mean, our whole focus is based on balance. All I can think about is how heavy this pack, this weight is, and how tired these things are making me. And the first step to leaning into the life God has for us is to let go of it. This is what he says. Paul says, if you are taught to put away your former way of life, your old self, corrupt and deluded by its lusts, and to be renewed in the spirit of your mind, letting go of our former way of life is hard. But we have to let go of it if we're going to grab a hold of the life that God has for us. The truth is, we are a new creation filled with mission and purpose. We have died already. Sometimes we forget that. We've already died. When we gave our life to Jesus Christ, we died. If we die and then re- try to revive the dead man, we'll be nothing more than zombies. Walking the earth, never finding rest. Zombies don't sleep, by the way. Are you a spiritual zombie? <laughs> Sometimes I feel that way. 
Could we just accept our death in Christ? Just accept it. Let go of our former life and let God start to do his work. Accept that we are new. And then he says, put away from you all bitterness and wrath and anger and wrangling and slander together with all malice and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. I tell you, in this world we will have trouble, but be brave, Jesus says. He's overcome it. People are going to hurt us. They're going to hurt our families. They're going to hurt our friends. Some may do it intentionally. Some may do it accidentally. They may accidentally run over you because you just happen to be in their way. And some people will be more specific and they will try to destroy you. But you know what? We will have bitterness. We will have wrath and anger. And most of the time, we may not find justice immediately. In those moments, sometimes we turn to wrath, we turn to slander, we turn to malice. I know we feel all of these things. Feeling them and dealing with them are not wrong. This is working out our salvation with fear and trembling. That's what it, that's what it means. We've got to work through these things. I think when you really work through them, when you ask God to help me with this, when you give it to him, this is what it means to lean into this life that God's called us to. But be brave because Jesus has already overcome this. All of it. It's the moment we decide to hold on to these things and, and refuse to let them go. That is when these things become the very things that cause us to fall and to fail and to be miserable and tired. Joe, who I talked about earlier, had come to the end of himself. He didn't deserve to live. He had just taken a life of a beautiful 17-year-old girl. He ruined their family, and the first thing he wanted to do when he became sober and found out what had happened was he wanted to kill himself. On his third day in jail, a minister came to offer Joe something he wasn't offering himself. A minister came and offered Joe forgiveness, purpose, a future. A brand new life. Joe never really knew he was loved. Granted, he had a family of his own, but he was loaded down with so many burdens he could never see past himself to truly love others. Drinking was his way of looking for rest. But then this minister told him that God had something for him. He said, God has something more for you, Joe. He has love. He has peace. And he has what you've been looking for, rest. Joe died that day, and then God created something new. He changed his plea immediately to guilty. The judge gave him the maximum sentence of 12 years. Doesn't seem like enough. But for the next eight years, Joe, he devoted his life to God and to serving his fellow inmates. God took the broken pieces of Joe's life and he made them stronger, better, brand new. And Joe began to offer that same reconciliation to others. 
This is what happened to Joe. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and live in love. As Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Joe started to imitate God. Now, Derek heard about Joe. He heard about this transformation. See, Derek and his father, Ricky, were Christians also. They followed Joe. They followed his story. But they still struggled through years of letting go to their anger, letting go of their wrath and their fear and their bitterness. And Joe had found a new life. Although he still felt guilt because he'd never had closure with this girl's sweet family. Joe had begun to lean in the life God had created for him. And when Joe had completed his sentence, he began to attend church with his wife. They were active and busy, and Joe began to work in the prison ministry, devoted his life to it. He was a changed man. He gave his whole life to helping prisoners be reconciled to Christ. And on one day, he had a visitor. It was Amy's father. Joe was ready. Took a deep breath. He was ready to receive the anger, whatever the father had for him. As Ricky approached him, there was none of that. Amy's father said, I've been watching you, seen what you've been doing. There was a hug, an embrace that seemed to last forever, and Rick forgave Joe, even before he asked him to. Joe says this, I killed his daughter, and he was able to give me a hug and say, I love you. Derek continued to wrestle. When he finally got the courage to meet Joe, Joe asked him for his forgiveness, and Derek did so, but the process for Derek's a little different. It's a little bit more difficult, but he's working through it. In fact, they are now mission partners talking to people about the dangers of what it is Joe had done. And their relationship is new, growing stronger. This is reconciliation in the most un believable way this is why Christ died on the cross this is the life we are called into called to live into to lean into but in order to lean into it we have to let go of everything else because when we try to have it all when we try to experience life while holding on to the things that seek to kill us it's not rest it's burden. And as we know, rest is found through Jesus Christ. It is found when we, when we finally decide to live into and lean into the life that we have been called to. So the question I have for you, are you leaning into this life or are you just trying to maintain your balance? Are you holding on to fear and anger and bitterness? Are you filled with slander and destruction? Why not lean into this life and let go of the dead one? I mean, it really is our choice. I'm going to encourage you today. Let God take your broken pieces and make them whole again. And may he let you help others to be reconciled to God also. It's good news, isn't it? There's hope. 
It's a new life. And I think when we try our best to, 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 to have everything else, when we're not doing what we were called to do, it's tiring. And when Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, there's rest there. And it's not just some magical rest that he poofs down on you. There's rest because this is a way of life. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. This is the way of Jesus that is restful because it is a life that's already been created for us. We just have to live and lean into it. And we get to offer that to others. Wow. Let's all stand together. I'm going to ask you, are you ready for this? Letting go is scary. But I will encourage you that once you do, God's going to show you some amazing life yet to be lived. You've been listening to Grapevine Church of Christ. Subscribe to the Sermon Podcast and to our other Grapevine Church podcast to hear special behind-the-scenes content. For more information, visit our website, www.grapevinechurch.com.